0: Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally show, sharing God's prescription for total health in spirit, soul, and body. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, award-winning author, Air Force veteran, and total health coach. I'm passionate about sharing biblical truth, scientific research, and practical lifestyle approaches to help heal your world naturally. Hello, and God bless you. Well, ladies, we did it. We made it to the end of 2022. We started out the year together with our New Year, New You Health Challenge. I am so proud that many of you are still on your journey of living a healthy lifestyle, losing weight, feeling, looking, and living better lives. And how can we forget about the Space for Her Total Health Conference oh my wow, where we broke new ground in the city of Vineland, New Jersey at All the Nations Church. We cried together, we laughed together, we prayed together, we broke bread together, we made some new friends and embraced old ones. We strengthened the bond of love and our sisterhood. I can say that out of all of the conferences that I have attended, And I'm not just saying this because I hosted the conference, but it was a time of deep inner healing for our sisters like I've never experienced or seen. I am in awe of what God has done and is still doing in the hearts of His daughters. And I can't wait to see what God has in store for us at the Space for Her conference in 2023. To help you reach your health goals even further, I rebranded my business, and partnered with Health Practice Advisors, where I'm collaborating with a team of amazing doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals, and other health coaches to bring holistic health in virtual and conventional settings, which has resulted in radically transforming lives. Towards the end of this year, I was blessed to be able to share a message on mental health at Genesis New Beginning in Christ Church in Camden, New Jersey. It was a powerful and unforgettable encounter. Many of us are still enjoying the holiday season. Usually, the holidays are a time of joy, laughter, love, and family. But for many women, this is not their story. Some of our sisters are grieving, hurting, experiencing loss, or grappling with some type of unresolved emotional trauma. I thought it would be fitting to close out the year with this special message on mental health to let our sisters know that you are not alone and that we all face mental health challenges, even Jesus did. In this message, I share five strategies that Jesus used when he was experiencing a time of deep mental anguish. My prayer is that you will gain wisdom, understanding and knowledge to help you to heal emotionally. Our minds, and so God wants to equip us with some tools today. He wants to equip us with some wisdom today because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that when he created man, that he breathed the breath of life into us and we became a living soul. And the soul part of who we are contains our mind. It contains our will, our emotions, our imagination and our intellect. So just like we are fit spiritually, God wants to make sure that we are fit mentally and emotionally as well. And so many years ago, there was a stigma about seeking help for our mental uh, health, right? Yes, yes, yes. It was seen as something that was negative. There was a negative connotation behind it. But the Bible reminds us that in the multitude of counselors, there is That's safety. It. That's the word. In the multitude of counselors, yes. there is safety. Yes. Yes. So there is nothing wrong with seeking mental health professional help especially from a godly perspective. There are a lot of mental health professionals out there, but there's a difference between godly counsel and worldly counsel. So when we get the counsel, we need to ensure that it is godly counsel that we are receiving. The Bible is prepared with so much encouragement, so much healing and guidance when it comes down to our mental health. And when it comes to having a healthy mind, the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so the mind of Christ is a healthy mind. It is a whole mind. It is a stable mind. It is a sound mind. It is a mind. mind that is full of peace because that is the will of God. And so at one point or another, we have all struggled somehow in our mental health. Have you or someone that you know that's dear to you, have you struggled with anxiety, depression, anger issues, the agony of loss, a broken heart, or feeling like you failed at something or even Hopeless. there's a list that we could go on and on and when we search the scriptures the Bible does not necessarily say the word mental health but over the years we know that through scientific research that we have an understanding that didn't exist back in our biblical times but the one thing that they did understand they knew the meaning of a heart they knew the meaning of the soul they be the meaning of the mind and in our innermost being. In Psalms 103 and 1, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord with my mind, my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Amen. In Psalms 34 and 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So even though they did not use the term having a healthy mind or when it equated to mental health, they knew somehow that it was connected in that way. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the mind, what does it talk about? What do we mean when we talk about our mental health? We know that it's a function of the brain, but it includes our emotional, Mm -hmm. our social, Mm -hmm. and even our spiritual health. Because as First Lady Steve was mentioning, that we cannot be spiritually powerful if we are emotionally broken. Mm -hmm. We cannot be spiritually powerful if we are emotionally broken. There is a mind-body-spirit connection because we if we are off in our emotions we will be off spiritually if we are off spiritually we will be off balance emotionally but the will of god is divine alignment yes, yes. he wants divine alignment in our spirit mm-hmm. he wants divine alignment in our physical body and he wants divine alignment in our mental well being yes, yes. So if there is a genetic disposition or if there is a chemical imbalance that can cause us to be off kilter when it comes to our mental health, there are many things that could happen. It could be traumatic brain injury. It could be a chronic illness. It could be stress that we're up under that causes us to move away from having a healthy mind. Some of the things that individuals we face today, financial issues, how many of you have been there with financial issues, right? They may feel the pressure, they may be stressed out. Many things come against us. It may be a chronic illness, relationship issues, traumatic experiences all impact us from having a healthy mind. But even though we can't prevent life from happening, say to your sister, life is always happening. Life is always yeah. happening. Life is always happening. Always it's happening. happening. Oh. we know it's never going to stop. Yes. Yes. The only time it's going to yes. stop Amen. is when Jesus Christ. That's his right. Yes. After his yes. Church. That's, That's right. Life is going to yeah. stop. That's Amen. Right? But life is never, never going to stop. And so while we're here, God wants us to be equipped to know what to do mm-hmm. to operate with a healthy mind yes and so god created us with a body he created us with a soul and he created us with a spirit and as i shared earlier he wants us to have divine alignment Mm -hmm. and when we think about our minds the many inventions that have been created out of the mind is absolutely Mm -hmm. mind-blowing to think that we could have a little mini computer at our hand (laughs) We can do emails on this thing. We can check our bank accounts. We can send text messages. We can make calls. We can do work. Sometimes I joke with my my best friend that this is my little office here. This is where I do my work. But to think how God engineered the mind. To come up with such intelligence and to think that there is not a God. Amen. Come on. There is no God who can create intelligence. Come on. Hallelujah. Yes. Thousands of thousands to fly in the sky. Amen. To have a computer in our very hand. Yes. We serve a divine. Intelligent God. creator, yes, yes, who created yes. us with an intelligent yes. mind, yes, yes. and Amen. so his desire for us is to live content, his desire for us is to live at peace. Yes. He wants us to be in that place of balance mm-hmm. where he is helping us to control our minds. The Bible tells us in Philippians that if we are facing mm-hmm. an ancient and anxious mind. Mm-hmm. That the Bible has a prescription. Come on. Mm-hmm. The Word of God is medicine. Yes. It, it is the an antidote. Yes. And it, it should be our first resort, yes. and not our last resort. Uh, yeah. All right. Because many times we will hear people say, "Well, the last thing we can do is pray." Now, our first position On our rise yes. should be to pray. Yes. Because the Bible says, yes. "Be anxious for nothing, nothing. but in everything." everything. That's it. Right. And when everything. we say everything, everything, he means everything. everything. That, that means with our marriages, with our yes. children, with yes. our finances, with our pets, with yes. our cars, with our work. Yes. When he says everything, everything. everything. he means everything. Yes. So we need to bring everything to God in prayer. Everything. Because when we do... The Bible says we will have a peace that transcends all understanding. In our God we will guard our mind. Because when we get in that place of prayer and we go down on our knees, there is a lifting off of our hearts. Because guess what? We're no longer carrying the weight, but we're giving it to our Father God. We are giving it to our Daddy God. We are laying it on the very altar. Because that's what he desires. So be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, letting our requests be made known unto God. And so guarding our hearts and our minds, it protects us from anything that would steal our peace. Say this with me, say I'm committed, I'm committed, committed to protecting to protect my peace of mind. My, my peace of mind. mind. Like a warrior on the front line, we gotta guard that peace, right? Uh, we have been yes. called on the battlefield, women of God, to preserve and to protect what God has given us, and that includes a healthy mind. So we can't let anything and everyone and everybody invade our space, right? We cannot let anyone or anything invade our space. Just like a military person guards the front lines and protects it from any intrusion, any kind of threat, we must protect and guard our minds from the outside threats that would come to take away and steal our peace. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 8 and 5 that our minds are also like a spiritual battleground Mm -hmm. between good and Uh, evil. Yes, yes, yes. Because the weapons of our warfare, they are not Not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of a stronghold. When that person comes against you, when you think you are Coming against them, you are not coming against them, you are coming against that spirit. Spirit. Yes, 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 yes. yes, So, our position should be to pray and to bind up whatever spirit that is. Coming against you because we cannot respond to matters out of our flesh to say, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. Thank right? you, Lord. Yes. So, as women of God, we must approach this thing spiritually. Ah, we see. must approach it in the way that the manner, when we say, have the Bible way, <laughs> this is the Bible you, way. Lord. Bible way. Yes. By yes. going down on our knees in prayer because the mind is a battlefield. Yes, yes. Because there are many times situations in life that we may face where the enemy will whisper a lie in our ear that is not even true Amen. and before you know it you'll be thinking about that thing mm-hmm. you'll be ruminating it over and over in your mind and I don't know if any of you have ever seen the movie of Othello with Lawrence Fishburne yes and there is a enemy in there and he is an antagonist mm-hmm. And he tells a lie, Iago is his name, and he tells a lie, which is not true. And he begins to ruminate over and over and over in his mind mm. until it leads to a place of self-destruction. Yes. And he becomes so enraged and so embittered with jealousy that wasn't even true, that he ended up taking his lovely bride's life because he was enraged with that thought with that thought. The Bible says that we need to take hold of every thought that is in opposition to the word of the living God. Yes, God. And so the Holy Spirit, He is the one that will help us to guard our minds, to guide us, to convict and to lead us to have a healthy mindset. And so maintaining a healthy mind it involves making daily choices to center our lives on God's truth, his love, and following his desire for our lives. And so when we begin to operate outside of the boundaries of what God wants for our mind, that's when confusion comes in. Thank you. That's where instability comes in. The Bible reminds us that a double-minded man unstable. is unstable in all of his ways. Yes. Yes. And so for the believer, the one thing that anchors us is the word of God. Hallelujah! The word of God is the anchor for our minds. It is the anchor yes. for our souls. Yes. It is what keeps us grounded. It is what keeps us rooted in the things of God. How many of you know when you get out of fellowship with the word of God, That sometimes you get off balance, you get off kilter, we get in our attitude, we get in our emotions, we get in our flesh. How many of you have been there, ladies? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I know I haven't been there. It's like, okay, I've got to make an assessment. God, I haven't been in my word like I need to, so I need to get re anchored again so I can get back in my righteous mind. (laughs) Amen. So I can operate in my righteous mind. The word of God is packed with information on steps to keep our thought life healthy. Paul tells us in Philippians 4 and 8, that whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, of good report, of virtue, and of praise, we are to think on these things. Amen. We are to think on these things. So anything outside of this, We need to give it an exit plan, right? We need to give it an exit plan and give it no space to take up in our minds. The Apostle Paul, he knew that what we put in our minds determines what comes out of our words, Mm -hmm. our actions, and our feelings. Mm -hmm. So we know that we have to be mindful of what we are thinking about. Because we just cannot have our thoughts directed on anything through our eye gates, what we are seeing; our ear gates, what we are hearing. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we are putting things in our heart that are not pure. If we are putting things in our heart that are not in agreement with the Word of God. How many of you know there's an old saying that birds of a feather flock together? So if you start hanging around people with negative attitudes, if you start hanging around people with silly thinking, if you start hanging around people that are contrary, the Bible says evil communications corrupt good manners. So we don't want our good manners corrupted. We don't want our healthy mindset corrupted. So sometimes that means we have to make decisions about changing the dynamics of our relationships. Because if we are in relationships that are impacting how we think, then we need to get in a prayerful position to say, okay, Lord, how am I going to handle this? Maybe the dynamic of the relationship has to change, where you have to love that person from a distance where you may have to just change that because you don't want to impede anything from from you moving forward and reaching into the destiny that god has for you because as a man thinks in his heart so is he so if you are hanging around people that are negative in their conversation in their behavior in their mindset in their actions you will not be able to move beyond that space of where God wants you to be. So sometimes we're gonna to have to cut those ties and move forward. Even as we are in this season of fall, how many of you know it's about change and transition? Yes. It's about change and transition. Yes. Yes. So there may be seasons that God calls you to be in relationship with a person, but sometimes seasons change. Just like the seasons in the earth change, seasons and relationships change too. Like, sis, I love you, Uh but because of where God is taking me, I can't do this anymore. I can't hang out at the club anymore. Uh I can't hang out in those places that are going to impact my righteous and my holy witness for the kingdom of God because I cannot afford to bring shame to the name of Jesus Christ my Lord. I respect him too much. I love him yeah. too much. He has been here for me too much, so I've got to make some choices. I've got to make some decisions. On, Look I at appreciate. your sister and say, you've got a decision to make, sis. you got a decision to make. Either you're going to stay where you're at, or you're going to move beyond that place of negativity, because we don't have time for toxic living. There is too much toxic living out in the world of God. There is too much toxic world and in the church we will not be connected to toxic living because the holiness is right holiness is right hallelujah let the yes. church say hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah holiness is right so that means that sometimes we gotta let go of toxic relationships we gotta to let go of toxic employers because some of you may be even in a situation where the employer situation that you're in that is a time where we need to pray for a prayer strategy and say God what do you need me to do if you need to open up a door to move me out of that environment Lord I'm open to it or Lord show me the strategy I to be a light a witness in this toxic environment because God I cannot have this affecting my righteous living I cannot have his soul from day to day so we must get in the presence of God and ask him what he wants us to do in order to keep a healthy and stable mind because some people will come in your life they not even will send them to antagonize you to take away your peace they will take away your joy they will take away they will impact your anointing say this with me my anointing. You are not worth my anointing. So God, if I gotta let this job go, I trust you to open another door for me. If yes. I have to let this relationship go, yeah. I know that you will make a way for me because there is nothing that is worth the anointing that you have placed on my life. Yes. Yes. Give the Lord a shout of praise for a healthy mind. I'm reminded in the scriptures when Daniel Cananiah, Azariah, and Mishael had to make a decision. They were in a place where they were called to partake of pagan practices. And Daniel and his friends said, no. We won't do it. We won't succumb to the toxic environment. We won't succumb to the ungodly ways. So this is what we're going to do. We will not partake of the King's meat because those foods were offered to pagan gods. It was a form of unclean eating. And he said, give us 10 days to prove, and you're going to see what God's going to (laughs) do. He was so confident 10 days and you're going to see the difference. And after that 10 day period, The reflection in the countenance of these young men Mm. was fairer and brighter than those who went with the flow of the system. Yes, yes. The Bible says that we are not to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. mind. That is a biblical example of not conforming to the system. Because there are so many systems out in this world today that the enemy wants us to conform to, that he wants us to bow down to, but yes. we got to take a righteous stand like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, yes. and Azariah and said we will not partake because there is a different way of thinking, there is a different way of living for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, just give the Lord a shout all over the place. Hallelujah. Yeah. We are called to live differently than yes. the world. Amen. Paul said that we had to go deeper yes. than just refusing to conform to worldly morals. Our thinking needs to go through a radical shift. How many of you are ready to make a radical shift? Yes. A yes. radical shift. That means that you do something drastically different, right, yeah. distinctly yes. different, so that there will be a, a no mark that, you know what, there is something different about this sister. She doesn't think the way other people think. She doesn't talk the you way mean? that other people talk. What is, it that, what is it about her that sets her apart? Uh-huh. I'm a kingdom woman. Yeah. I'm a godly woman, and there is a difference. Yes. And so when Paul was talking about that radical shift in the Greek, it means metamorphosis. It means transform. It is the same word that Jesus used at His transfiguration, and we know that that was a radical change when He was changed on that mountain and so god wants us to be changed he wants us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind because again the enemy is trying to plague and capture the minds of the daughters of god and we are going to say no we are going to say no to the enemy's tactics we are going to say no to the enemy's plans because we are going to live and operate with a healthy mind. And so we have to know too that we are not in this process alone. That we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Ghost who is with us and staying rooted and grounded in God's word is the number one way to keep a sound and a healthy mind. And there are many times that we may get caught up in our feelings, as I shared earlier. And God gave us feelings. He gave us emotions for a reason. When he said that he breathed life into us and we became a living soul, that's when our emotions became alive within us. And so when we have feelings, our feelings are not wrong. Because even Jesus showed feelings. Jesus was sad. Jesus cried. He showed his emotions when Lazarus died in St. John 11, through 32 through 36. He cried over the city of Jerusalem. He cried over his people. Matthew tells us that he was sorrowful and troubled when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was so troubled, the Bible says that the sweat that came from his brow was as drops of blood. Can you imagine the agony of just a stressful situation to know that he had the cross before him? And so he even showed anger, but without sinning. The Bible says that we can be angry, but sin not. Now, when we start getting into anger with sin on the end of it, then that's when we become, our relationship with God is impacted but we can show anger without sinning because jesus showed anger towards religious people when they made a mockery of his father's house they were cheating they were stealing they were overcharging those people that came to make sacrifices in the temple of god and so many times as women we fill so many roles we're wives we're mothers we're aunties we're everything else in between we have adopted children in our lives and so sometimes life can become exhausting or overwhelming and so jesus the bible says that he was touched by the feeling of our infirmities and so he also faced exhaustion he also faced overwhelm because of the demands of ministry that was on him And so, no one can fully understand what you're going through, but Jesus knows. Jesus knows. He knows everything about you. The Bible says he knows every single hair on our head. Hallelujah. He knows everything about us from our head down to our very toes. And so, Jesus helps us maintain a healthy mind by modeling how he handled his emotions on the night that he was betrayed. In Matthew 26, 37 through 39, it reads, He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here with me and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my My will, will. but thy will will be done. Amen. And so in this scripture, the Bible says that Jesus was sorrowful. Mm -hmm. He was troubled. He was overwhelmed to the point of death. And the Greek word used here means great distress, depressed, a feeling of heaviness, mm-hmm. grief. It overcome with sorrow so much to cause one's death. Yes. And so from these scriptures, we're going to see how Jesus maintained a healthy mind. So these are five areas that we can see from this scripture. Number one. He brought his closest friends to be with him. Look at your sister and say, sister, I need you. Sister, I need you. Sister, I need you. Because sometimes the battle that we go through in our mind, it's too overwhelming. And we can't do this alone. And when I served in the military, we had something called a battle buddy that battle buddy was with you when you were on the battlefield no matter where you were they were right by your side and it's no different in the kingdom of god we need a battle buddy in the spirit realm right yeah. we need our sisters to come along with us when we are going through these times of mental anguish knowing that we don't have to do this life alone Hallelujah. the bible said that it is not good for man to be alone now, many times we equate that to marriage, but we can also equate that to relationships yes, with our sisters, absolutely. because there is nothing wrong with having a healthy relationship yes. with our sisters. But there is an attack of our womanhood in this time. We All gotta right. preserve our identity, yes. woman, yes. We must observe. We must preserve. Our identity because male and female made he them. So we must operate in our feminine energy and the woman that God created us to be. And we have to do this by supporting one another, by loving one another, by praying for one another, by being there for our sisters, because you don't have to do this alone. Number two, He asked them to help by staying close. Mm He said, we got to stay close. We got to stay close when we're going through this battle. We have to stay close when we're walking this walk. The third thing he did is he named the emotions he was struggling with. He said that his soul was overwhelmed. He was sorrowful to the point of death he asked him to stay within. Now this is an area that we have grown in, I believe, over the years, certainly within the church, naming the emotions that he was struggling with. Mm. Because many times we've been taught that we can't talk about it. Things that happened to us when we were 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, 18, 21, 32, 45, you know, it doesn't matter what stage or what age, the world has convinced us to that is a lie, that is a trick for the enemy. We need to follow the example of Jesus and get around a circle of sisters to have that transparency to say, girl, you know what? I had a day today and I need to tell you what's going on because we need to go down and listen in prayer. We need to yes. seek the face of God. We need to get some godly counsel. We need to seek the wisdom of the most high God because we can no longer keep this stuff bottled up. We can't keep it bottled up. Say, sis, you got to talk about it. You got to talk about it this is an area in my life when i was younger i went through sexual abuse as a young girl i never talked about it until i reached the age of 35 my mother didn't know my siblings didn't know i had lost my voice because the enemy tried to take it from me to convince me that i couldn't say anything that i couldn't talk about it but how many today that God has restored me to where I can talk about it to help and bring my other sisters up to say you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to keep it bottled in. You don't have to keep it buried down in your soul because we are here for you. We will go down with you on our knees. We will go down with you in prayer. We will go down with you in prayer because we are here for you and we love you and we want to see you be everything that God called you to you to walk in your purpose. We want you to walk in your destiny that you don't have to be afraid to talk about it because the Bible says that we need to make the enemy an open shame. We need to shame the devil. We need to shame the devil. We need to shame the devil, shame the devil. Shame the devil because this is the generation of Deborah's. Amen. we don't have to be afraid yes. because of God before us hallelujah. who can hallelujah. be against us hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah Yes. the fourth thing that Jesus did that we've been sharing all morning long is that he went down in prayer to his father he wasn't afraid of praying boldly for the impossible and he was honest, he said, Father, if you are able to take this cup from me, because right. how many of you know, sometimes we go through the valley of the shadow of death yeah. and it does not feel good. All right. It is not a pleasant experience. All right. And sometimes you want to say, God, if you could just take this situation away from me. But how many of you know in this situation, there are some things that God wants to do in your life. Uh-huh. He may want to perfect you in your patience. Yes. He yes. needs you to come up in your prayer life. Yes. He wants you to come, come become more come consecrated in your fasting. Yes. He wants you to renew your mind in the word of God. Yes. So we got to go through to get through. Yes. Yes. We have to go through yes. to get through. And so Jesus said, you know what? If you could take this cup, I'm I'm believing that he didn't hear anything because he said okay father nevertheless not my will but your will be done and sometimes when we go through those hard spaces and those hard places when it gets uncomfortable ladies we can't complain because that will stifle and hinder what God wants to do so instead of um, complaining we gotta commit to pray instead of complaining We've got to commit to praying and say, God, nevertheless, this is painful. This is a very agony time for me. But nevertheless, your will be done. Because I know when I get through this, Jesus knew that when he got through that, he said, for the joy that was set before me, because he knew the souls that were hanging on to that sacrifice. It was for our salvation. It was for our redemption. It was for the worldwide redemption of lost souls. So whatever it is that you are going through, know that your situation is for a purpose. There are souls that are tied to your pain. Hallelujah. There are souls that are tied to your struggles. There are souls that are tired through every trial, every test every temptation that we go through. Yes. Yes. But we got to go through it. Not because it feels good. Because it's about the assignment. Yes. Yes. In this world today, you know, they have that saying, she understood the assignment. Do we really understand the assignment? (laughs) Do we really understand the assignment? Because when we talk about assignments, it has to do with the kingdom. When we talk about assignments, It has to do with the kingdom of God and his purpose and his plan and his will to be accomplished in this earth. So he went to his father in prayer. And the fifth thing that he did is that Jesus was honest, right? He was honest. He didn't ignore his feelings. He confronted them with those that he walked with. And sometimes we just have to be honest with our feelings and be transparent and know that it is okay because God gave us feelings for a reason. He created all of our emotions. He created them. And so we have to be honest with our emotions. We have to be honest with where we're at. And so many times because we're not honest, we hide those things and we continue to bury them. But we are coming to a time and a place where God is just saying he wants us to move forward in truth, he wants us to move forward in being honest and to follow his blueprint, his pattern that he set out in the Bible. He said, okay, this is how I did it and this is how I want you to do it too. Because he is our example following Christ and what he went through. Although he was a son of God, he was also in human form. And he needed to show us what he went through so we would know how to get through in this life. Thank you. And so maintaining a healthy mind, it involves us to follow these steps that Jesus used in his own life. And so we have to know how to use our faith to overcome our feelings, right? Because sometimes we can't be moved by what we see. Even though the situation looks dismal, we cannot be moved by what we see. We live by faith and not by sight. We speak to mountains and we watch them be removed and cast into the sea. So we are women of faith. We operate, we live, we demonstrate by faith. Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. So even though we may not see it, we got to see with the eyes of faith that yeah, God I believe yes. your report yes. I believe your word I will be not be moved by what I see I will not be moved by what I feel but I will only be moved by my faith I will only be moved Hallelujah. by my faith Hallelujah. and so faith is living each day with the trust that Jesus is who he says he is Yes, his teachings are true because of his great love He died on the cross. Jesus gave the disciples these words of comfort. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, you can also trust in me. And so fixing our eyes on Jesus, on his word, and not our feelings, it will help to bring us joy and comfort. It is a conscious choice, but one that sometimes we often forget in our humanity. And we often default to fear, we may default to panic, and other unhealthy choices. But God is saying he wants us to focus on his word. There are stresses, there are challenges, there are painful experiences that we cannot escape. But the healthiest way to walk through these experiences is to ask God what he wants us to learn from these times. And I say this all of the time, ladies, life is a classroom yes it is you can go to school you can become educated you can have every single degree but there is no type of education like the life education right because you can't learn this from a textbook right some things you can you can't learn this from a textbook they can teach you on paper about conflict resolution but come up with some conflict that's you right. not learn that yeah. in a textbook That's right. I don't care how That's many right. degrees of benefit you got behind your name right. It's Can't about it. life and how we deal with these issues in life that we come against on a daily basis So seeking the wisdom of God and accepting that he's going to get us through those peaks and those valleys that he will never leave us that he will never forsake us. Only he can use our suffering to strengthen us if he will show us new ways to live, to think, to work, and to serve. Because nothing that he does ever gets wasted. No trial, no test, no t- temptation that you go through, it is never wasted. There is a purpose for everything. As Solomon said, To everything under the sun, there's a purpose. Every single thing, there's a purpose. There's a time. There's a season for it. So we need to be in tune with the voice of God to know what that purpose is. need God to say, God, what is the purpose of this? Why am I going through this situation in my life right now? What do you want me to learn? Do I need to grow in a specific area? Do I need to be developed in more patience? how the Bible says let patience have her perfect work. We need to let patience have her perfect work. And that means that we're gonna be put in those situations where our patience has to be perfected. We're going to come through those times where our faith is tried in the fire. And sometimes that fire will become so hot where it feels like we can't even stand the heat. But even in the midst of the fire, Just as he was with Daniel and his three friends in the fire, he's there with you. He is there with us, even in those hottest, fiery times. Throughout the scriptures, the Bible gives so many examples of people that struggle with mental health challenges, men of God, women of God. We had David. If you read all throughout the Psalms, he would great issues being a father, didn't discipline his children because he didn't discipline his children got out of the will of God. But the one thing he always repented because he was a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper. He was a warrior. He was a psalmist, but he went through seasons and times of depression. And we have Job and many in the mental health profession when we read the book of Job, he he was always praying and asking God to die. Right. He just didn't want to be there anymore. Suicidal. Any more, yes. suicidal. Yes. But through the end, God gave him so much more because he had to go through to get through. Right? Right. Yes. He had to go through to get through. For God blessed him with more children with an abundance, with a prosperous time. Jeremiah, who wrote the book of Lamentations, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet, and he was a man of emotions. (laughs) He was wailing and travailing because of the sin of Israel and how they continually grieved the heart of God. And then Elijah, who I love studying Elijah, who faced Queen Jezebel, and took down the prophets of Baal. And after he had a mighty victory, Queen Jezebel came after him and said, I, I'm he, she put a hit on his life, really. A death threat to say, I'm gonna do more to you because you killed my false prophets. You are gonna be the same. Right. Elijah got shook. He ran and hid. He was in a depressed state and he even was to the point where he said, God, I just want to die. I can't do this anymore. But God sent angels to minister to him. They fed him. Hallelujah. They helped him to rest. They gave him food. And he was so distraught that he forgot to take care of his basic needs. So God said, "Guess I got to send you a raven because you're not eating. You're not doing nothing. Glory, glory. I got to send a raven to to meet your basic needs. Okay, raven, I'm going to send you here. Give the man of God food. Give him water to sustain him. Yes. And so even in those times, God will send people. He will send others in our lives to help sustain us when we're going through those mental health challenges. And so we can't let our negative feelings override that need to take care of our physical health. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes it is a battle. And that's why we need one another as women of God. We yes. need one another as sisters to say, you know what, I can't do this. I just need a little bit of help to help me get through this season because it is not going to last always. And so God understands our pain, he understands our hurts, he wants us healed, he wants us whole, he wants us restored to walk in a healthy mind. The Bible gives us so much help when we're struggling with mental health issues. His word offers us spiritual solutions that work along with medical solutions, and it is okay to seek out godly counselors. That's right. It is okay to seek out godly counselors. Amen. Jesus, he is our great physician. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the one who heals. He is the one who makes us whole. His will is that we live an abundant life because he knew we would have difficult paths on this earth, on this journey. But He promises to be right by our side each step of the way, leading us to the pathway of having a healthy mind. Hallelujah! Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah! We thank God for His health. bless you. God bless you. For speaking engagements, health tips, and total health education and inspiration, visit rockyourworldnaturally.com and on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, Rock Your World Naturally, and on Twitter, RockYourWorld28.